Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, I'll talk about when to use the words if and whether. They aren't always interchangeable. And then I have a piece on why we say the odd phrase, the exception, proves the rule. That never made sense to me, but now I finally get it. But before we get started, multiple people told me they have a different way of remembering that discrete, spelled D-I-S-C-R-E-T-E, means something separate, and their trick is worth repeating. They noticed that the two E's are separated by the letter T. So if you'd rather think of the separating power of the letter T than the beautiful Greek island of Crete, whatever works for you is a good tip. And I can definitely see how that memory trick is simpler. And now, on to the show. Although in informal writing and speech, people often use if and whether interchangeably, in formal writing, such as in technical writing at work, it's a good idea to make a distinction between them, because the meaning can sometimes be different depending on which word you use. The formal rule is to use if when you have a conditional sentence— and whether when you're showing that two alternatives are possible. Some examples will help make this more clear. Here's an example where the two words could be interchangeable. Squiggly didn't know whether aardvark would arrive Friday. Squiggly didn't know if aardvark would arrive Friday. In either sentence, the meaning is that aardvark may or may not arrive Friday. Now, here are some examples where the words are not interchangeable. Squiggly didn't know whether aardvark would arrive Friday or Saturday. Because I used whether, you know that there are two possibilities. Aardvark will arrive Friday or aardvark will arrive Saturday. Now see how the sentence has a different meaning when I use if instead of whether. Squiggly didn't know if aardvark would arrive Friday or Saturday. Now, in addition to arriving on Friday or Saturday, it's also possible that aardvark may not arrive at all. These last two sentences show why it's better to use whether when you have two possibilities, and that's why I recommend using whether instead of if when you have two possibilities, even when the meaning wouldn't change if you use if. It's safer and more consistent. Here's a final pair of examples. Call squiggly if you're going to arrive Friday— Call squiggly whether or not you're going to arrive Friday. The first sentence is conditional. Call squiggly if you're going to arrive Friday means Aardvark only needs to call if he's coming. The second sentence is not conditional. Call squiggly whether or not you're going to arrive Friday means Aardvark needs to call either way. 
To sum up, use whether when you have two discrete choices or mean regardless of whether. And use if for conditional sentences. And that last example is a good lead-in to a second topic. When do you need an or not after whether? Why did I say, call squiggly whether or not you're going to arrive Friday? Often the or not is just extra fluff that could be left off. In my first example, where I said squiggly didn't know whether aardvark would arrive Friday, adding or not wouldn't change the meaning or emphasis. Squiggly didn't know whether or not aardvark would arrive Friday means the same thing as squiggly didn't know whether aardvark would arrive Friday. Or not doesn't add anything, so leave it out. But on the other hand, you need the full phrase whether or not when you mean regardless of whether. It shows there's an equal emphasis on both options. If you mean call squiggly regardless of whether you're going to arrive Friday, you should write call squiggly whether or not you're going to arrive Friday. And finally, a listener wrote in to say that her boss was driving her up the wall by saying rather or not instead of whether or not. So I'll add that rather or not is incorrect. Whether is a conjunction and rather is an adverb, and they are not interchangeable. Whether or not is the correct way to show that there are two possibilities or that you mean regardless of whether. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com grammar? That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. 
Next, I have an excerpt from the new book, Highly Irregular by Erica O'Grant. I loved the whole book and especially this short chapter about a phrase I've always found confusing. An exception to a rule is a counterexample, and usually a counterexample is proof that a rule is not a rule at all. If I aim to prove that teenagers are incapable by nature of cleaning their rooms, and I find one who loves to clean his room and does it diligently every day, my case is not helped at all, but damaged. This exception is evidence against my rule. Still, it wouldn't be unusual to say about such a teenager, he's the exception that proves the rule. When the phrase is used this way, it's a form of saying, look, here's something noteworthy. It says that there's a general rule that teenagers don't clean their rooms, and an exception that doesn't fit the kid who loves to clean his room. But it doesn't say anything about one proving the other, so how did this idiom come to be? Well, the exception that proves the rule is based on the Latin phrase exceptio probat regulam, a legal principle that can be used to argue the following. If exceptions are made under specific conditions, it must mean that there's a rule that applies when those conditions are not in effect. If a sign on a concrete plaza at a school says, no skateboarding when school is in session, you can infer that you are allowed to skateboard at other times. The rule that the exception proves is that skateboarding is generally allowed. If that weren't a rule, why would exceptions be made at all? Why not just say no skateboarding? The fuller version of the Latin maxim is exceptio probat regulam in casibus non exceptis. Now, this makes the meaning more explicit. Exception proves the rule in cases where the exception doesn't apply. It can also appear with firmut, confirmut, and figita instead of probat. Exception establishes, confirms, and fixes the rule. When the phrase drifted from its original legalistic meaning sometime in the 17th century, it was probably helped along by its similarity to sayings like, there's an exception to every rule. It was also influenced by a different sense of rule, not the legal sense of a standard or what's allowed or prohibited, but a looser sense, meaning the normal or usual state of things. This is the sense we use when we say things like, as a rule, I bring my lunch from home. This isn't a declaration that I have a strict policy about never buying lunch at work. It's just saying what I ordinarily do. Something that happens as a rule is assumed to have occasional exceptions. So as a rule, teenagers don't clean their rooms. It's the usual state of affairs, the generalization, the stereotype. The kid who loves to clean his room is unusual, an outlier. But to be an outlier, he has to be an outlier to something, a general tendency, a rule. He proves the rule by being surprising. This may not be what people have in mind every time they use the phrase, but there's a pathway in the language over time from legal maxim to comment about the usual state of affairs. It involves different ideas of what's a rule, a principle, an axiom, a regulation, versus the typical, the expected, and the norm. There was a ready-made phrase already in use for the first sense that we co-opted for the second sense. Erica Okrent is a linguist, writer, and winner of the 2016 Linguistic Journalism Award from the Linguistic Society of America. That segment was an excerpt from her fabulous new book, Highly Irregular, Why Tough, Through, and Doe Don't Rhyme, and Other Oddities in the English Language. 
Before I get to today's familect story, I got another comment from a linguist on Brooke's story last week about her family's whole private language. Gretchen McCulloch, one of the hosts of the Lingthusiasm podcast, said it struck her as similar to some of the research on twin language, which is the private language that develops between young children, especially twins. It's not exactly the same thing, but it makes me think that maybe your family is especially close in the way twins or young siblings can be especially close. And now onto a familect story from Joe. Hi, Grammar Girl. My name is Joe Marsacano. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, when I was growing up, my grandmother and I would talk on the phone sometimes, and at the end of the call, we had this little ritual, and she would say, see you later, alligator. And I would say, after a while, crocodile. And for all the time I was growing up, I thought that my grandmother had made up that saying. And it wasn't until I got into my adult years that I realized that other people knew that as well, and she had not made it up, but I always associated it with her. Um, I later learned that there was a song that had those lyrics in it, um, I guess from the 1950s. But my question for you is, does that saying have a history that goes further back than that popular song. I'm just wondering um, if if that phrase has or that saying has a history in written English. Um, okay, thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. I love this because it's the opposite of the stories I always hear about familects, that people thought everyone used the phrase when it's only their family, but you thought it was only your family and many people use it. The song See You Later, Alligator, written by Bobby Charles and sung by Bill Haley and his Comets, was popular on the Billboard charts in 1956. The magazine called it a solid rockin' rouser. And you can see a clear rise in the use of that phrase a little bit after 1956 in a search of the Google Books corpus. As far as I can tell, it was mentioned as teenage slang a couple times earlier in the 50s. A site called Word Histories says the earliest reference is in a 1952 edition of the Honolulu Star Bulletin, which says, quote, many high school students use expressions such as toodaloo tofu, so long die Kong, and see you later alligator. And these sayings invited expressions like see you soon goon and hit the road toad, unquote. I don't think it was widespread at all, though, until the song took off. Thanks for the call. If you want to call with your family word story, you can leave a voicemail at 833214-GIRL, and I might play it on the show. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find articles that go with each podcast segment at my website, quickanddirtytips.com. And I've been posting to Instagram a lot more lately, so if you want to see my walks and vegetables from my garden, as well as some writing tips and occasional videos, you can find me there at The Grammar Girl. Thanks to my producer, Nathan Sams, and that's all. Thanks for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. 
With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.